Welcome to Life Lessons, a ministry of Metro Believers Church featuring Pastor Glenn Smith. We pray that you will be encouraged by today's teaching. And now, Pastor Glenn. Come on now. We do life together. I want to welcome the live stream. Um, if you caught my little video clip just before the service, I'm glad you decided to tune in. Well, last week we had people all over the world, had people in Tanzania and all over the country and even in the city watching us on live stream. We welcome you to our service today. And we're so thankful that you decided to check us out and be with us. We're trusting that God will use this. Um, this morning, we're going to start off real quick um, by uh, praying for and allowing uh, a couple to share um, their, their time here with us here at Metro Believers Church. And for years, we've had um, a couple from Japan here doing work and ministry with YWAM. They've been involved with the church. They've helped set up, tear down. Um, they've helped do different small groups and stuff. They've been involved with the church. And today is their last Sunday. Come on up here on Miami. Let's give them a hand as they come. Is it on? Uh, it was on, but now it was on mute. Okay, so... Okay. There we go. I don't usually use this. Sorry. <laughs> so um, why don't you just give us a, a quick word? They're getting ready to go back to Japan and do ministry. Uh, I think you came here to grow in your leadership ability as well as sort of catch the DNA of Metro Believers Church and take some of that back with you. Why don't you share just a few minutes, okay? So good morning, uh, NBC families. Uh, my name is Hirotake. Mayumi. And we just want to say thank you that this church, because we have been involved in this church since 2011. And I just want to say thank you for Pastor Grant, Pastor Vicky. Uh, thanks for being patient for us. Mm. And uh, um, our ministry is that it's not easy. As you know, um, in Japan is that less than 1% Christians out there. Mm. And then our life is that uh, it's not like kind community like this. It's our life is usually a battle out there. But uh, since 2011, we have a community with NBC. Mm. And uh, what we're going to do in Japan is that um, we, me and Mayumi, in two years, we're going to buy a house in, uh, near Tokyo. We don't have a place yet. But we're asking for God is that uh, start a ministry in, near Tokyo that buying house, and this house become like a guest house. And also, I want to see happening is that there's a lot of young Christians, um, they don't go to church because they have no place to go. What we want to see happening is that uh, me and Mayumi, we brought, bring a new style of serving for these people, young people that, uh, which means young people become leaders. Yes. And take over the, uh, Japan. Yeah. I want to see the Japan's style of revival. Yes. And uh, we want to see that it's possible. Yeah. Because not my, our generation, but next generations, we want to see that all Christians will rise up. Yes. And take it over. And take God seriously. Yeah. And we need your prayers. 
And we, it's, it's not end. I feel sorry that, I feel very emotional today, but it's just not our last day. It's a new beginning. Yeah. NBC and in Japan. Yes. So thank you so much, buddy, everybody. Thank you. Amen. So um, let's, let's pray. Would you stand with me and let's pray for them? And if you have it in your heart to give towards their trip back home, you can do that by marking um, Hiro and Mayumi um, or just Japan, okay? And we'll make sure they get that before they leave on Saturday. Um, so we're just so glad you guys have been here. Um, we're trusting that, that um, this won't be the last, like you said. We'd, we've taken a missions trip to Tokyo um, and right after the tsunami. Um, and maybe we'll do that again in the future, God yes, willing. Please. Okay? So let's pray. Father, thank you for these two. We entrust them to your care. We thank you. We've had the privilege of, of being with them over five years, almost six years, God. Um, and they've, they've drawn, they've gleaned, they've learned, they've served, they've cared, they've cried, they've um, done whatever they could to help um, NBC win. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to keep your hand of blessing upon them as they go. And Father, that you would open doors that no man can shut, that you would lead them and guide them and provide for everything they have need of, God. We just pray that you'll order their steps, and God, that uh, your favor will guide them, and you'll go before them and make, make the crooked way straight. And Lord, we just thank you for their lives and how they've intersected with NBC, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. All right, you can be seated. We are in day one, as Matt said, of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we do this every year, and it's been awesome. We need to clean out the pipes, right? We need to kind of get some stuff cleaned up a little bit and, and, and fine-tune some things. And uh, it starts today. Uh, the uh, prayer guide is in your in your packet, as Matt said. Also, it is listed on Uversion Live. So if you just go there and type in Metro Believers Church under events, um, you'll actually be able to have that with you on your, on your smartphone or your tablet anywhere you go. You'll be able to look that up and on your break at lunch, uh, pray through that topic and uh, be with us together. Um, I believe prayer and fasting is uh, a powerful way to start out the new year. How many of you think so? just a great way to start out the new year. And in Mark chapter 9, um, and starting with verse 28, it says, and when they'd come together, okay, in the house, now this is the deal. The disciples were having problems getting the job done and, and praying for and getting results. Um, and so they, they called on Jesus. He came and did what he did. And they got together afterwards in a little huddle, okay, the disciples. And his disciples asked him privately, they said, scratching their heads, um, why couldn't we cast this out? Why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus said to them, this kind comes out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Notice, notice he didn't say, well, you got to be the son of God, right? He, he didn't say that, right? He didn't say, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm better than you, and that's why. Um, he said, he said, this thing, this kind, this demon, this obstacle, this hindrance only comes out by prayer and fasting. Why? Why? Because when we pray and we fast, we become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We just, we, all of a sudden, when some of those things that are cluttered in our lives, we give them up, and, and every time we think of those things, we really want whatever that is, 
um, you know, and we surrender it to the Lord and we spend time in His presence instead, there's just something divine that happens there. The Spirit of God will come upon you in a fresh new way, and you'll have greater authority as a result of it, okay? Not that, not that we, you know, all of a sudden get greater authority because we're so good, but because we've tapped into what God has available for us. Amen? So, once again, there's daily prayer cards for you. Um, but here's the cool thing. We decided to do something different this year. Um, rather than having our prayer times every Wednesday at the TC, the team center, over on Junction Road, we decided that we would have some pop-up home groups, okay? Just for those three Wednesday nights between now, uh, today, where we start, and we end on February 3rd. And so for the next three Wednesdays, we're going to have home prayer meetings, okay? So there's four different prayer meetings. Um, The pastoral team is leading them. And so um, Lance and Lisa are leading one, Matt and Allison are leading one, um, Dan and Robin are leading one, and Vicki and I are leading one at our homes, okay? Seven to eight, Wednesday night, find one in your area, and there's, a, there's an email address, just email them, let them know you're coming. If you need directions, um, please, uh, they'll give you those directions. So we're going to send the clipboards around right now. If you haven't signed up for this prayer and fasting time, I would just encourage you to do this. We send out emails throughout the week to encourage you with scriptures and encouragement and te- short teachings. Um, but we want to know that we're doing this together as a family. Amen? We're doing this together as a family, and we know that our brothers and sisters in Christ are with us on this deal. And so we're so excited about it. I'm just stoked. So um, let's start today. Last, last week, um, I started out with sharing the vision for 2018. Last week was Vision Sunday, I call it. And if you weren't here, I would encourage you to go online and listen to uh, the, the, actually the message um, because it was foundational. And it's very important as we lead up to what we're doing in 2018. You see uh, the signs up here, the, or the, what do you call those things, the banners? Um, it's, it's important for us to have the right foundation going in. And, and Lance, uh, one of our pastoral team um, guys, actually texted me last Sunday right after the service and shared something that hit his heart. And I just wanted him to come up and share that real quick. Let's give a hand to Lance. He's one of the family and life pastors here at Metro. All right. So you know that God speaks to each of us different. And um, I was sitting back there and I was listening to Pastor Glenn and I was thinking of the Karate Kid of all things. You know, how many have seen the Karate Kid? I'm an 80s guy. All right, how many have seen The Karate Kid in 2010 with Jaden Smith? All right, so we're all together, whether it was Daniel's son and Miyagi or Han and Jaden. All right, so in The Karate Kid, um, Miyagi is teaching Daniel's son. Daniel's son wants to learn um, karate from Mr. Miyagi, and Miyagi brings him over to his place, and what's he have him do? He has him wax his car. How many ever heard of the statement, wax on, wax off? And then paint the fence. And he's like, you know, this is like chores. You just have me over here doing this work so that you can sit and drink tea or whatever inside your little compound there. And um, Miyagi comes out and says, hey, I want want to show you how all this works together. So why why did this relate? Why did this come to me last week? Well, 
as we were looking at the 66 books of the Bible and we were looking at the breakdown of the different sections, how many remember that last week? The law and the, and the prophets and the prophetic books and the epistles and the letters and the different things that Pastor Glenn was teaching. It was basic and foundational for a lot of, a lot of you. For some of you, it was like, wow, this is awesome. I've never seen this before. And there was others of you who was like, wow, this is over my head. But I want you to stick with us because we're getting ready to enter into an awesome year of learning. And those things that seem basic or maybe not even um, yet understood yet, you're going to see how, it's all, how God just takes it and weaves it all together. So the word I want to leave you with this morning is be persistent. Be persistent. Even when you're reading something, you say, how does this relate to my life where this is over my head? Be persistent because you're going to see God begin to work in your life in a way that's going to come out like Daniel's son in the tournament when he defeats the bully. Amen? That's my word. Excellent. 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 Um, so glad that, uh, that you're here and we're getting started together. Last, last week, I talked about our theme for the year. I rolled it out. Every year, I have a word for the year. And uh, last week, I shared that this year's word... Um, were actually two words, and um, it was depth and clarity, okay? If you're taking notes, depth and clarity. And last week, I talked about that God wants us to go deep, and He wants us to see clearer, okay? And that's what this year is all about. And I'm asking you to engage uh, in God's story so that we can do this together and learn and grow as a result of this. And I believe that God said in my heart when He gave me those two words, I want my revelation, the revelation of my word to be seen in 2018. And God wants to bring great revelation of his word this year to your heart. Many of you are new in Christ. Several people have come to Christ here at Metro Believers Church. You surrendered your life. You started your journey. And we want to help equip you so that you have all the tools that you need to do what God has called you to do. And that's what this is all about. And so um, last week I did a little poll, and I asked how many of you would like to understand the Bible better? And hands went up everywhere, of course. And um, because, because Bible, the Bible unlocks secrets. Did you know that? It's the, when you start to understand and have revelation of God's Word and the depth of meaning and understanding and clarity... The Bible actually unlocks secrets um, to give you access to the most amazing life possible, the life that God meant for you to have. That's what it does. And so my job as your pastor is to actually help you understand the Word of God so that you can grasp, lay hold of the, 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 the heart of God for your life and be able to experience all that God has for you. See, that's, that's what our, our job, my job as a senior leader of this church is to make sure that's happening. But as, as a teaching team and a pastoral team, that's our job. We want to help you understand the Bible better so you can apply it to your life. And you can know how to tuck it in and make applications so that you can experience not just a bunch of head knowledge, but heart knowledge. Understanding where the lights come on in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, so that you can actually become a doer of the Word and not just a hearer only. And so, as I mentioned last Sunday, this year we're embarking on an incredible journey that will take us deep. Everyone say deep. 
Take us deeper into God's Word, deeper. We're going to go deeper. We're going to dig deeper because we plan to cover the entire Bible from Genesis through Revelations in 2018. I know that's ambitious. I know that some of you say, really? Well, we're, we're going to do it in a, in a condensed way so that we can cover it all, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. But we have to understand that biblical illiteracy, illiteracy is at an all-time high, not just here at Metro Believers Church or in Madison, but all over the globe. People just don't understand the Scriptures. They don't, they don't understand, you know, the Bible. They don't have the background, the understanding, the basic concepts that help pe- put the pieces together and create a framework for understanding. So we decided to hit it head on. We decided not to accept that that's just the way it is. Um, we decided to come on and just do it and hit it head on, and we're going to continue to hit it head on, and we're going to continue to equip you and continue to disciple you and continue to help you get a grasp on God's Word. Amen? Last year, April of last year, um, we did a, we help, asked you to help us understand our strengths and weaknesses. And we asked you, many of you, to take a survey with us um, called Natural Church Development and go online and answer some questions. And, and many of you have wondered, whatever happened with that? Well, today we're going to find out. Dan, why don't you come on up? Let's give Dan a hand. He's a part of the pastoral team as well. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So um, biblical literacy, what does that mean? Uh, I was talking with Brother Glenn. Uh, he, he had a verse. He, he's going to talk about a verse later in Nehemiah. A 73, uh, uh, Nehemiah 7, verse 73, and I thought, does that chapter really have 73 verses? You know, anybody know what the longest chapter in the Bible is? Psalm 119. Oh, sorry. What's the second, second longest chapter? <laughs> no, it's not Nehemiah's. But anyway, is, it, is biblical literacy knowing those kinds of details and facts? You know, the chapter that's in the middle of the Bible is, is the shortest chapter in the Bible? Yeah. No, that's not biblical literacy. Biblical literacy, I believe, I submit, is the ability to see God's hand throughout the whole story of the Bible, see the story of redemption from Gen- Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. Would you agree with that? With that? Yeah. Biblical literacy, seeing God's Story of redemption from the beginning all the way through the end. And a lot of us ignore much of the Bible because we can't see it. Yeah. And the whole focus of this NCD, let me just touch on the NCD really fast. I'm going to, okay, sorry, I'm preaching now. Um, <laughs> I'll sit down. <laughs> one of the most important outcomes of biblical literacy and seeing God's fingerprints throughout the whole scripture is passionate spirituality. This, uh, this, this NCD uh, survey that was done nine months ago revealed where we have many, many strengths and many, many weaknesses. Some of the strengths are as follows. Let's see. Do we have our strengths? Empowering leadership, gift-based ministry, loving relationships, and effective structures. But the, uh, go to the bucket. There's the next one. Yeah, the bucket. One of the concepts that natural church development uses is this bucket analogy. Notice around the side of the bucket on the staves, ministry, worship, structures, spirituality, small groups, and evangelism. Uh, There's another one, I think. But the height, if you consider the water level in the bucket, a measure of our spiritual 
health, the level of our spiritual health, our spiritual maturity together, it can only grow as high as the lowest stave in the bucket. That's their concept, okay? Does that make sense to you? So we could be really, really strong in uh, worship, have an awesome worship experience here, but if we're re our structures, or let's use our own, our own lowest score, which is passionate spirituality, if that is low, then the ability of this whole church to grow spiritually is limited by that low state. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're attacking it, as Brother Glenn said, head on. For NBC, that lowest is passionate spirituality. It's measured by a bunch of questions, 12 different questions, and here are just a few of the examples. Um, they were centered around the Bible. Uh, passionate uh, spirituality, I experience God's work in my life. I enjoy reading the Bible on my own. The Bible is a powerful guide for me in the decisions of everyday life. Notice that was only a handful of the 12 that were asked, but many of them were around our misunderstanding our lack of engagement with the Bible in our day-to-day -day life. And frankly, friends, that's what we're doing together. Uh, Brother Glenn, this idea of the story came on his radar right when the results from this survey were coming back to us. It was a God thing. Yeah. God put this in front of us, and together we believe we're going to leverage our strengths, which are what? Empowering leadership and loving relationships yeah. to together together as a church, all our families, all our leadership, everybody together studying the story to attack this one thing, passionate spirituality. Amen. We're going to see God, because we're going to each grow individually, we're going to see God bringing many into his kingdom because of it. Amen. Right? Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Let's give him a hand. Thanks, Dan. He sort of, uh, he's kind of led that... Um, after the initial surveys were done, he kind of started digging down deep into it and, and uh, looking at the data and trying to discover and discern uh, what we were doing, where we are, and what was our greatest strengths and lowest areas, along with uh, our staff in the office and Jennifer um, working on that together. So uh, in 2018, when is 2018? Now, now, uh, we're going to impact the entire family. This, this is the cool thing about what we're doing. We're actually going to impact every age level of the family. We're going we're to impact the children and the teens and every young age. Um, they're all going to be learning the same thing every single week and during the week. It's going to be an exciting time together. Now, the story, the story is um, a condensed version chronological um, version of the Bible, okay? It's a continuous story. It was written kind of like a novel, okay? So it's not the full-length Bible. It's an abridged, which means shortened version, okay, um, copy of the Scriptures. But it is the NIV Bible, okay? I don't want you to think that it's just something. Um, and so, but it's, it's put together because a lot of the pieces aren't in chronological order in your Bible, and they become very confusing. And sometimes, sometimes areas of the Bible overlap, and you think it's a separate idea, and you get confused, and you think, I can't understand this. So you just kind of quit, and we want, we want to change that. We want to change that. So 
um, this, this experience starts actually, we're not doing it yet, we're just talking about it, okay? Actually starts on February the 11th. Um, we're going to actually do that together and we're going to kick it off um, starting with Genesis 1-1. How many of you are excited about that? All right, and we want you to invite some friends. Really, we want you to invite some friends because just for the next couple of weeks, I'm actually going to be just talking about preparing us as a church, getting us ready, like Lance said, kind of putting some of the basic pieces together um, so that you and I can gain the most from this experience. And as we walk through the story, we're going to discover how our story fits into God's story. If you're taking notes, there's a blank there, how our story fits into God's story. And so today, I'm going to start my message. Notice, I'm just starting. Um, <laughs> freaked some of you out, didn't I? Um, but I will go a little late today because of everything we had going on. Um, we're going to start, we're going to talk about engaging in God's story. Now, I, I grew up believing um, in God, and I grew up in a sort of a believing home. And, um, you know, I tried to read the Bible, but I couldn't understand the Bible. Um, my grandfather was our, my greatest spiritual influence in my life, and fairly often he would drive from all the way downtown Detroit, Michigan, all the way way out to the suburbs, about an hour away, pick us up, take us all the way back in to church, drive us all the way back home, and then go back home, okay? It was a full-day event. And, um, you know, we oftentimes, he was a had a great heart and a love for people, and he'd stop to visit the elderly and different people and pray with them and read Scripture. So my brother and my sister and I would, would just sit in the car, you know, and wait for him to get done. And so um, we, would take out, we would take out my grandpa's big King James Bible sitting on the front seat, and we would use it like a Christian Ouija board. And so <laughs> we would... We would, uh, we would say, okay, wh wh what do you want? And we'd say, oh, I want to be successful. Am I going to be successful? And we'd open up in the Old Testament, and if we could find on that page, just, one, just open it up randomly, if we could find where it said, and it shall come to pass, we would actually know we could have that. <laughs> we were going to have that when we got older, you know. Am I going to marry a beautiful woman? Well, I got that wish. <laughs> You know, and we would just do it like that. Listen, I tried to read the Bible. I wanted to read the Bible. I did my best to read the Bible. But the bottom line is I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. Apparently, I'm not alone. Uh, the bottom line is there, the average family owns four Bibles. The average family owns four Bibles, and 41% of them confess to never reading it at all. That's just the way it is. They just don't think they can get it. And actually, research tells us that 80%, 80% of all Americans uh, have reading through the Bible entirely on their bucket list. You know, some things they'd like to do before they kick the bucket. And, <laughs> and uh, for real, it's right up there with climbing Mount Everest, <laughs> you know, and skydiving. Uh, and the last two may be easier than the first. <laughs> so the bottom line is, you know, people want to know the Bible. They want to know the Bible. They want to be able to understand it. They just can't. They just haven't been able to for the most part. I'm talking about the whole thing, not just the epistles, not just the New Testament. But the journey, here's the deal. This is the exciting part. The journey that we're about to take together is designed 
to fix this and to give you access to the amazing truths and the redemptive story that Dan talked about um, in the Word, in the Bible. So um, last week we talked a little bit about the pattern of Moses. We talked a little bit about what he said um, to the children of Israel, and we broke down the scriptures and the, the Pentateuch and the, you know, the history books and the prophetic books and the, the, the poetry books and so on and so forth. And we talked about the pattern that Moses established back in the Old Testament. And um, some of you may say, well, I don't care about the Old Testament. You should, okay? And you can get a lot out of it if you, you understand it. You can see the hand of God, the finger of God working throughout from the beginning of time to get to your life. Amen? So, the bottom line is this. We discovered that uh, Moses, just before he died, just before he died, he, he got the people of, of Israel together and he said, this is the pattern I want you to enjoy and keep, to keep your life on track with God. And it's in Deuteronomy chapter 31, and I've, I've sort of distilled it down to just this statement. He said this. He said, every seven years... All of Israel, in other words, all, all, let's, we'll just say this, all of the church, okay, for us, all of the church, the men, the women, children, and even foreigners living in their camp should, what, get together and what, read the story from, what, the beginning to the end. So that's what we're going to do, amen? That's what we're getting ready to do. There, there was a pattern established because they were supposed to learn it, and they were supposed to live it. Those two things is what Moses, through the power of God speaking into his life, was, I want, you, I want them to know it, to learn it, and then to live it every day, see? So the imperative here is for God's people then to know his story. Things like, things like who, who is God? I mean, you know, who is this, this thing called God? What, what does that look like? Um, where did they come from? They, were, the children of Israel wanted to know, where did we come from? Um, questions like, where's the story heading? Questions like, what does God expect from me? Yeah, what does God expect from me? Now, the children of Israel did this during the days of Joshua. So you got Moses, he passes the mantle or the baton on to Joshua, and Joshua starts off, it's awesome, okay? He keeps it. He keeps them on track. It's, it's considered to be the glory days in Scripture, okay? So you got Joshua, you know, keeping them on track. He did a great job. They were dialed in to the story of God. They sought to align their lives with God, and God richly blessed them as a result of that. But here, so here we're reminded of a principle, get it now, get it, when you align your life with God's Word, you experience the blessings God has intended for your life. Wow, that was awesome. I got two amens. <laughs> when you align your life to God's Word, now what does that mean? When you come across something that your life doesn't represent, you, you don't change God's word to fit your situation. You change your situation to face God's, or to fit in God's word. Do you hear me? So when you align your 
your life to God's Word, you experience the blessings God intended for you. See? And that's what we're talking about here. So here, let me give you a little more history, just so you know, because this is going somewhere. So after the time of Joshua, the children of Israel began to drift in their commitment, and some of you can relate here. You know, you've been up and down, over and out in your walk with God. So they began to drift in their commitment. They were in this vicious cycle of walking close to God and then being far from Him, up and down, over and out. For example, during the first three kings of Israel, they started out strong. Saul was the first king, um, but he finished really, really weak. Um, He finished really weak, not keeping the people in God's Word. As a result, God had to replace him. God had to replace him, and I, I know me, um, if I don't continue to do what God's called me to do here at Metro Believers Church, he'll replace me. Did you hear me? He'll find somebody else that will fulfill his word for this place, this city, this church, our place in the city, our lives together, staying on track with God. So he had to replace, he had to replace Saul with So he replaced Saul with David, who basically returned Israel to their glory days. And that's how the history goes. He replaced David, uh, or Saul, and he he actually returned to the the glory days. But but, uh, David passes on the, the, the next king is Solomon. And Solomon started off really good, but his days in the end weren't so good. And if things got so bad, I mean, I want you to see this in your mind's eye. Things got so bad, God had to step in and divide the kingdom into two different kingdoms. It was Israel to the north and Judah to the south. So, you know, God said, you know what? I got to get these kids back on track. And so it was Judah to the south and Israel to the north. And then... In 605 B.C., everything came crashing down. So you can kind of see the simple narrative. Everything came crashing down because they were so far removed um, from the story that God was actually trying to tell them. And so um, God had to come in and discipline them. So in his discipline, God allowed the Babylonians to come down and burn the city of Jerusalem. And, uh, and so even the, the, the temple that Solomon had built, remember that beautiful temple, those of you that know biblical history, um, he actually had to let them go and Babylon came down and took them into exile and um, sometime in the future, God would orchestrate their return. Note, every time they forgot God, they ended up in trouble. I believe the same is true for us. Some of you say, well, what can I get out of the Old Testament? You can get a lot out of the Old Testament. Every time they forgot God, they ended up in trouble. And, and I, I know. Sometimes you're on top of the mountain. You're on top of the world, and you're so hungry for God, so on fire for God, yada, 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 and then all of a sudden, you look back and you think, what happened? How did I slip? 
And, and typically, we end up in trouble, so therefore, it helps to say, you know what, this isn't working, let's get back on fire for God. See? And that's kind of what was happening during this time in history, and, and this is just the setup piece. We'll go into detail as we're all reading through the story and talking about it in real time, okay? Um, so a total of 142 years goes by um, since they were captured, which means it's been 142 years since they fulfilled the command of Moses to get together every seven years and read the thing from beginning to end, see? So they have been absent from the story. That's essentially four generations. That's like you, your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren that have no basis of understanding. That's kind of like where we're at today. Biblical illiteracy was eating them to death. They didn't know anything about the past and the story and God. They were in captivity. See the parallels? They were in captivity, and they were starved of God's truth. Now, 142 years later, they come back to the city of Jerusalem. No, kind of think about this. See this in your mind's eye. There are broken people. The discipline of God has worked, and they decide to get their lives back on track with God. So what did they do? Turn in your Bibles to Nehemiah 8. We'll look at it real quick. What did they do? As a matter of fact, we'll read that verse that Dan talked about in Nehemiah 7.73 first, and then we'll go into 8.1. Check this out. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. That's just one of the gates in Jerusalem, okay? Before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. Now, first of all, notice in that text that Ezra... The priest is not leading the charge, but responding to it. They said to him, Ezra, get your Bible and start reading. We're not missing out on God's favor and God's word anymore. So just, just as Moses instructed 950 years earlier, now think about this, years, think about this in terms of us, all those years back, just as God spoke through Moses to gather the men and the women and the children and to go through God's word from beginning until end, that's what they were saying. We miss that. We, we've heard of it. We don't know anything about it. So get the book. <laughs> so yeah, the crazy thing about it is something unexpected happens here in this next verse. Um, when Ezra opens up the book and begins to read, it says in verse 5, and he opened it and the people stood up. <laughs> How many of you have ever heard us say sometimes, especially when we're doing an expository teaching through a, a book, stand for the reading of God's Word, right? We've done that here. And well, that's kind of where that came from, that idea, that, that idea. But here's the difference, is we're, we're the ones saying that to you, and you're responding, but in here, they just, ought to, they just spontaneously stood up, spontaneously, yeah, there we go, spontaneously stood up. You know, you can do that from time to time here, just so you know, all right? So, listen, when your heart is hungry and soft before the Lord, 
You, when you get to get in God's Word, you can expect something big, big from God when you're that hungry that you know it's like, oh, God, I want you. And you just stand or kneel or whatever that helps you get there. Now, next, we discover something really cool taking place. Nehemiah 7, chapter 8, verse 7 and 8, the Levites, um, which I'll tell you what they are a little bit later, instructed the people in the law while, they, while the people were reading, standing there, they read from the book of the law, making it clear and giving them meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Now, I just want you to know also that this book or that this service lasted somewhere between five and six hours, okay? This time lasted between five and six hours. Now, and we complained about an hour and a half. Come on. We can do better than that. Um, so, during, during the reading of this, as was reading it, the Levites were like small group leaders, okay? They were kind of like small group leaders who were huddling the people in groups to have a discussion on what was being read so they could understand how cool is that. Small group leaders. How many of you want to be a Levite? <laughs> yeah. Fancy word. We've got Levites all over this church. Amen? So how did the people respond to this experience? They wept. When's the last time you wept about God and His Word and what He's doing and how He's touched you and protected you and blessed you? Like Frank, our Dan was saying today, we take it for granted. Vicki on the way to church today was talking about we need to be more thankful. We need to be more thankful about what God has done in our life and not take it for granted. Nehemiah 9 says, and all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of God. Weeping their hearts. I'm sure they were weeping in some ways for all the years they'd missed out on God's blessing. But I'm also sure that they were weeping because as Ezra was reading the law, they discovered that God was a God of a second chance. And even though they were far from God, and even though they were in captivity, things were changing all of a sudden. The same is true for us. God is a God of a second chance. You may, you may be far from God right now. You may be in a situation where you've drifted, and you're up and down and over and out. God's a God of a second chance. He's a God of a third chance. Amen? He wants you. He wants a relationship with you. Hallelujah. They were weeping because they had a new opportunity to take what God was offering to them to change the rest of their lives. They were weeping so loud, as a matter of fact, that Nehemiah, the governor, actually had to come out and say, stop crying, go home and eat some food. For real. And so they did. They actually did. They, they decided that they were going to, you know, stop crying and, and go home and get some food, right? Matter of fact, they ate together as a family and they discussed the word. Verse 12, there it is. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now, what? They now understood the words that had been made known to them. 
In other words, they applied what they were learning. Then it goes on in verse 17, from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until the day the Israelites had not celebrated it like this. In other words, for a long, long time, it wasn't like this. And maybe for you in your life, for a long, long time, it's not been like you want it to be. Today is your day. Today is your day to surrender to God. It goes on and says there, celebrate it like this, and there was what? Joy was very great. In other words, they were returning to the glory days. Hallelujah. I mean, here we're reminded that engaging fully in God's Word brings joy. And that's what we're talking about, folks. Engaging in God's story will bring some incredible joy in your life. And some of you haven't had a whole lot of joy lately. But when you start to dive and dig and see over the next year as we do this together as a family, there's going to be joy in your heart like maybe you've never experienced. And God is saying, now is the time. So let's talk about some application steps before we close out today. These are some things that uh, are important. This is what we're seeking to do with the story experience. We want you to fully engage with God through His Word and prayer. We have four different environments that we're asking you to engage in, okay? Everyone say four. Four different environments that we're asking you to engage in. We believe that if you'll do this, you'll experience the life that God has for you. God's Word will go deep, 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 deep in your life. I call this the big ask, okay? With a K. The big ask. This is what we're asking for you to do during this year. First, there's four things. First, personal. This is the personal side. There's, that's the first step. Take it personal. We want you to read and study the chapter for yourself. In other words, you take this book and you read that chapter that we're going through that week. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes to go through the chapter, maybe even 20, okay? If you're a slower reader, a faster reader, maybe 10, okay? But here is the deal. We're going to have an assignment for everyone in the family, not just the adults, everyone in the family. We want everyone to read a chapter in the book each week for 31 weeks. We have a book designed for every age level of reading in the family, and everyone will have their own book to take home, okay? So this is the adult version, all right? That's the adult version. Is it up there? Uh, Dan, are you there? Can you help me out, buddy? Okay, the kids. All right, so you already saw the adult. All right, the kids. First one we have is this one. Here, here you go. Story for children, okay? And this is, this is the picture book. It's an amazing book. Um, it's by, uh, of course, Max Lucado is involved with this whole thing. Um, and that's for the little ones, is that right? Little, little ones. All right, then we have, we have the next step, okay? This is for a little bit older um, age group. This is in their language, okay? They have that one. Then we have the story for little ones, okay? Um, Discover the Bible in pictures, and we have that one, okay? And then we have this one, the story for teens. This is the teen edition, okay? So all of it's the same stuff, all of it. 
from the adults to the kids, all the way up through the teenagers. I thought you'd be a little more excited about that. <laughs> so this is going to be a, a whole church campaign. A whole, I don't like to call it a campaign. Experience. How's that? All right. Um, so next week, next Sunday, everyone say next Sunday. Books go on sale, okay? Now, we, we have secured books at a really reduced price, okay? And um, we're going to ask you to participate in some of the cost of those books. We have a special price for our church family. Metro Believers Church is subsidizing the cost of the books, okay? So this is, this is how it's going to go, and this is next Sunday. There will be a table set up. Each book will cost $5, okay? And up to a maximum out-of-pocket per family of 15, okay? So um, this book retails for 20 bucks. This re retails for 15. This one retails for 21.99, so 22, and so on and so forth, okay? That's what they retail for. We have, the, we've gotten them at a better price, but still, Matter of fact, those books cost us about $12 to $14. The storybook for adults, we're going to make available to you at the $5 cost, okay? So a max out-of-pocket expense of $15 per family. How many think that's a pretty good deal? So your church, Metro Believers Church, is covering the cost for everything else. and Because we, we, want, we want you to know we want to be in this together. Okay, and we we're willing to pay the extra just so no one no one says I can't afford that. Okay, and here's the deal: if you can't even afford the five dollars or the fifteen, if you're in that kind of a place right now in your life, we'll give it to you for no cost. Okay, because we want to do this together. Now, if you want to buy some books for friends and family outside of the church, um, you can buy them for our reduced price. Okay, so we're not going to make any money off it, but they'll cover the cost and. I think they're around $12 for every book except the adult story, and that's $5. And you can buy as many as you want for your family. Now, if you invite those people to join us this year, to go through it together with us, and they're here in the church, and they go up and get their books, they get it for the same cost as you do. Fair enough? All right. So uh, we want to make it as easy as possible. Second, the second environment is home. So we have personal Everybody has their own book, okay? Just reading it. Second is we want you to do this at home. We want you to talk about God's word around a meal, okay? Um, and matter of fact, we're so committed to this um, that we're going to actually make an incentive, okay? So when you gather around and you study with, you know, around a meal and, and um, uh, one child has this book and one child has this book and you have your book and so on and so forth and you're, and you're talking because it's all on the same topic, Okay? Just in their language. And you're talking about it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a selfie, okay? Selfie of the whole fam sitting around with your, with your books, okay? Studying the Word. And then I want you to upload that to Metro Believers Church Facebook page. And every month, for all of you to do that, we're going to draw for a restaurant gift card for that family, okay? So we're going to pick one every month. And we're going to give whatever we pick whatever, in that drawing, we're going to actually give a, a restaurant gift card for the entire family to go out and enjoy food together, okay? And then, 
<laughs> Here's the cool part. At the end of the campaign, somewhere around November, we're going to actually take all those people that submitted selfies and we're going to do a drawing for a weekend getaway at the Kalahari for the entire family. Come on. We're going to make this fun and exciting as we go through the Word of God together. All right? So that's the second part of, of what we're asking, the big ask. And the third is our communities together. Communities together. We want you to join a story group or a small group to discuss what you're learning. I want you to, to, to break the mold and get out of your comfort zone and, and get involved with a community of people to really discuss God's Word. We want you to, we want to have all kinds of story groups on the east side, the west side, the north side, the south side. We want to have them all over. We want to have them online as well. Those of you that are watching online can get together and have a group in your neighborhood talking about the story and then watch the messages every Sunday. So we're not asking you to teach a class on the story when we talk about story groups. We're talking about you just opening your home and facilitating people coming together and opening up the, the, the section and talking about it together. And, and if uh, the, initial, the initial response is any indication, we're going to need a lot of help. Because so, some people are pretty excited about this, guys. And uh, we're going to need a lot of help, so pray about helping us. And we have materials that we can equip you with, all sorts of stuff. So let us know if you're interested. Matt is our pastor of uh, small groups in Allison. Let him know if you want to help out. We need your help in our small group area. We want story groups all over the city. And the last part of this is worship. So we have personal, we have home, we have, uh, we have community, and now we have this area called worship. Attend church every week. Make a commitment to attend church every week. You know, if you're in town, be here. Because things are going to happen that, that you need to be a part of to catch this on a consistent basis. Each week we're going to give a message here in the adult service as well as in the, all the kids' church areas for the story. That same chapter, learning together all the way down to the nursery. We believe, as a pastoral team, that if you engage in these four environments and make a commitment that you're going to experience the Word of God and life like God wants you to have it, like you've never experienced it. You're going to experience great joy. Let's stand together. Yeah. Whew. Smoking. Yeah. Yeah. As you can tell, I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> I'm pretty stoked about this, guys. Because I know, I know what happened in my life when I began to understand things of God. Now, I'm not perfect. Guaranteed, I'm looking forward to this for my own benefit, too. Some of this stuff I haven't studied in a long time. And I'm looking forward to the richness of His Word. Let's just bow our heads for just a few minutes. Let's just settle in. couple minutes here. So, as I was talking and reading and praying and listening to the Holy Spirit about this week and this message this week, 
I felt like he was saying that there's people here that are, that have drifted. They just drifted, almost like the children of Israel. They just, they've lost their focus on me, and this is an opportunity to return to that place that God has for you. This is not condemnation. I'm not trying to condemn anyone. I'm just simply saying, if that's where you are, then today's the day to sort of return to being all in. And saying, God, I'm, I'm yours. I'm fully committed to you. I'm engaged in your story. I want to be your child. I want everything you have for me. And I've let other, other things take your place, and I'm sorry. Every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, and you'd say, you know what, I, I want to change that today, lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Keep it up so I can see it. I want to know who I'm praying for. God bless you. All right. Thank you. See, God, God's smiling in heaven right now. He's just so stoked over you, saying, you know what, I'm, I'm coming back, I'm coming home, I'm coming back to where I was with Christ, or even greater. I'm done kind of playing. I'm done kind of drifting. I'm done with that. He's not mad at you. He's so excited that you've made that churn and change in your life. Father, thank you for honest people that are willing to just acknowledge where they're at rather than try to play church, go through the motions, be hard in their heart instead of being tender and soft before you. God, I pray that this will be a new day and a new dawn. I pray, Father, that you would engage them as they engage you. You said if we would draw near to you, you would draw near to us. God, I'm praying that this will be a year of incredible revelation for every single one of us. And for those that raise their hand, God, I just, I'm praying a supernatural blessing on them right now. Just draw them in. Let them know that they're loved and cared for. You've got such a plan for their lives. Just speak that word into their heart, we pray, as we worship you together. In Jesus' name. Let's just take a few moments. If you want to know more about Life Lessons, check us out online at MetroBelievers.com or write to us at Metro Believers Church, P.O. Box 45702, Madison, Wisconsin 53744.